Hi, James here, and this is part one of catching up with Farah, Demony, Josh, and Maul. The full podcast is out, but I've broken it up just a little bit, created some smaller sections, and part one is all about Farah. Yeah, well, the whole podcast about Farah, but part one is about how did she get into this career path? What did she study? What kind of jobs did she have? How did she end up here with Yamano, menopause, femtech, and more? It's coming up right now. It's part one of my catching up segment with Farah, Demony, Josh, and Maul. We go way back. We do. And, and we just kept bumping into each other. Yes. You know, here and there, here and there. And you reached out the about a, about a month ago and said, hey, I know you're doing a podcast and I'm doing something really cool. And it's like, hold on, you reach out to me, but just, you know, check mark comes out right away. <laughs> Two, you're doing something really cool. Well, you know, you always are doing something really cool. So I'm thinking this can only be really interesting. And then without even looking at what it was that you were doing that's cool, I'm starting to imagine, right? I'm, I'm dreaming things up in my head going, you're always doing what something. What can she do? What is she doing now? <laughs> Really wondering. <laughs> and then when then when I saw it and I, you know, I started looking at the webpage and then I started going to the app and I started looking around and started doing a little research. I just went, Wow. Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so welcome to catching up and and we are gonna catch up and we're gonna learn all about femtech and I'm I'm actually really excited to learn a little bit about I am Yamano. I am no. Yamano. Yamano. Yeah, I think it's the easiest way. Let's uh, say Yamano. Okay. So we're going to learn about how you decided to get into this sphere and start up this whole interesting conversation. Really, it's a huge conversation. Yes. And and you sort of set me straight in as we were catching up just at the start here that it's it's also about men. There's there's a, a male side to it, but it's it's very interesting and it's it's a conversation around menopause. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. Farah, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. As I was saying earlier, I'm very happy to uh, to kind of be back to Dubai. I think that the COVID, uh, uh, COVID made it happen, actually. Okay. Um, you know, being locked down in, uh, in Europe is not an easy thing. So yeah. I had to come back to, uh, to the sunshine and to the energy <laughs> of Dubai, I have to say. Really? Uh, and also being in an environment where you feel like uh, the, the, the virus is actually... Uh, kind of controlled. Yeah. I mean, I know the numbers are up and so on, but it it feels definitely more contained and more managed than yeah. than in Europe, where you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't well, know if I, you've been I, to Europe recently. No, I haven't been to. So look, we we went back to Canada at Christmas time. And I had to quarantine. So, you know, you come into Canada and this was before the mandatory quarantine, but you had to do a, uh, a 14 day homestay where you couldn't go out and you were checked on every day and, and that kind of thing. But so the closest I've been to Europe is we transited through Charles de Gaulle. Right. But we didn't leave Charles de Gaulle. We, you know, it was literally, we went and sat in the lounge and then got on another plane and left. And, and it's, it's interesting when you, so I, so first of all, we have not traveled really in, in any sense, but it's interesting when you talk about the numbers and you talk about the management of those numbers and you, know, you look at the numbers and, and they're always in a, they're about a, a couple thousand and change here in the UAE and we're a little bit dated, but they're, that's what they are. But the, the thing is, when I look at those numbers, you look at how many tests they're doing. Mm -hmm. So if you get, you know, 2,500 cases a day and you're doing, 
200,000 tests in a day. I'm kind of going, wow. Whereas when I look at, I looked at France yesterday and I think it was 25,000 cases a day, but they were only doing about 50,000 tests in a day, which means in my mind, I'm going, if you're getting that many cases with that few tests, it's brutal. Yes. That's, yes. It's really a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, I mean, you know, like populations are, um, you know, like the various population in France, uh, especially uh, people don't want to get vaccinated. People right. don't like to go and get tested. Uh, fortunately, uh, testing is now free in France. Oh, but good. it's not the case in the UK, for example. Oh, yeah. okay. In the UK, you have to pay and it's not cheap. To, to get tested? It, it, I, I got tested in Canada. I had to pay, but there is a, a, a no pay side of it. But if you need to pay, like for me for traveling, it cost me $200. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what? Yes, it's, uh, well, it's just, um, I decided really, I decided to, to leave the, uh, the, the, the constantly changing uh, regulations, laws, and, yeah. you know, one day in the media, something is said, the other day, it's something else. Uh, yeah. One day there's a curfew at six, and then the other day, it's fine, you can celebrate Christmas and New Year. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just sounds yeah. so, um, it's, it's contradiction, right? Yeah. So I decided to, uh, to, to come back to, uh, to the desert <laughs> <laughs> and have my peace of mind. Um, because indeed here you're in the outdoors most yeah, of the yeah. time and, uh, and people do respect the, what is decided. So yeah. Um, yeah, it just feels better to be here. I, I loved what you said coming back to a little bit of, of ideas and people are, are thinking about things and, and energy. As, yeah. As much as yes. COVID has had this dampening effect on so many things, it's also had an innovating effect and people are kind of looking at their situations going, hold on, we've got, we're now at home more. We're now eating differently. We're now exercising differently. What are the opportunities? And, and, and look, I, I'm not going to paint a rosy picture of everything because there are some industries that have been hit really, really hard. Talking to a taxi driver yesterday, he says, it's brutal for me as a taxi driver. There's no tourism right now or limited tourism. I don't have business. Yeah. And, and so there are industries that have, have taken a hit and there are other industries that are suddenly growing. And I think that opportunity as you're, as you're speaking about is something that, that really flourishes in the Emirates. And, and I, you know, I was thinking right back to when we first met and I remember Mokhtoum Bridge, we're at the studios of <laughs> Dubai Eye and I was doing Nightline and that was the era where Sticky Fingers was running some stuff and we That's had Tom true. Rickard doing the sports stuff and you would come in once a week and do a French music show and, and French music and I guess current events and stuff that was everything. Going. It was yeah. everything. <laughs> current news, financial inter live interview with a, uh, with a Francophone French speaking person yeah. here, uh, you know, like launching products or talking about interesting projects and so on. And, uh, and yeah, and it was live and you know, we were talking about having a grid, like yeah. coming <laughs> in the studio, being very organized in your head and knowing that every 10 minutes is, yeah. uh, is, uh, is planned. And it was exactly that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the French, uh, the French show. Yeah. Uh, that was the very first show I had on, on Dubai Eye and then I had a show with you yes. where I was your guest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was more business oriented yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and startups. It yeah. was all about SMEs and how to... Um, how to uh, to talk about them and see like what what are the new businesses in Dubai and how they were reviewed. Yeah. Well, which was just part and parcel of this this innovative thinking in that this radio station would allow me to just sort of you know switch around my programming 
on, on a dime and say, Hey, you know what, right now there's a lot of talk on startups. Let's have that. Let's, let's, you know, Narain would come in and we would talk about magazines. He would send me, you know, we'd do it every, I don't know how often we did that show every couple of weeks. He'd send me a stack of magazines and we'd talk about magazines. Like who does a show like that? <laughs> it was almost a precursor to podcasting happening on, on nightly radio. And, and, but you, you were constantly while well, you were on air, but then off air as you were doing startups and you're doing things, you're always doing innovative things. You're always looking at these great ideas and how can you start them going? What motivates you to it, do that? Like what's going on in your DNA? <laughs> what have I missed? <laughs> I think you used the right word. I think it's DNA because uh, as far as I can remember and my very first job, like freshly graduated, uh, was in a company uh, that was uh, pioneering a sector in Europe and it was the telco, the telecom right. sector. Yeah. And I do remember- You're dating yourself now. People are going, hold on, what's your talking? What, what, years, what years are we talking here? <laughs> the telco sector. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, well, I have no problem talking about my age. <laughs> uh, but yes, and, then, and it was the, 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 the very beginning of startups. And yeah. I do remember perfectly when I was talking with my friends back then, um, and when I was telling them that I was joining this, this startup in the, in the telecom sector, while all of them were joining the likes of, uh, of Louis Vuitton, yeah. LVMH, and Accenture, or, you know, these yeah, huge yeah. groups. Um, they, they told me, but Farah, you're like, what are you doing? You're yeah. really, seriously, you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, yes, actually, like the, the, the market in Europe in telecommunications is being deregulated. And it's now, it's now the time or never, a lot of opportunities will arise. And this company actually set the, the, the way to, to, to what we know now. Like you take your phone, you yeah. use WhatsApp to make calls or, or Facebook or whatever. Uh, we, we did start that. We did start voice over IP in Europe. Which is crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was, I was already working in a very uh, innovative company and I did spend my time educating people about what I was doing because, mm. you know, in parties, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay, what are you doing? Yeah. And so this person says, I work in this company, very famous and another person. And I was like, yeah, you know, I work in this startup doing this and people would look at me with like a big question tag <laughs> <laughs> on their on their face and uh, but the thing it was it was the beginning of something big because yeah. then the telecom sector just exploded with uh, the development of technology and and smartphones and uh, and the startup company that I joined where we were six became became one of the like biggest success uh, uh. in Europe, uh, successful company. So, um, so yeah, so it's uh, like I can, when I think about DNA and innovation, it's really there in me since a very long time. And I always, somehow, it's not calculated, <laughs> really. It's always, I'm interested by um, things. I mean, I'm interested by specific things. And it just so happened that a few years later, they become quite big. Um, the, the so do you almost find that you, you travel with your gut? You go, you know, when you see, I mean, there's, when you look at the landscape right now, like we're in Dubai and you, if you sit down at, at any of the, the meeting sites and, you know, hotel lobbies and things, there's all sorts of people who, who are really trying to get their ideas going. There's a lot of noise. You seem to be able to focus out of that noise. Is it going with your gut and, and saying, hey, this is what I'm really interested in? And someone says, well, why would you be interested in telecom? And says, you know what? I'm interested in it. I'm going to see how far it goes. 
and then I'm going to decide what what's next. Yes, Do you yeah, think that's it, what it is. It is the gut, uh, because uh, somehow my decisions, and it is totally being aligned with with my gut. I have to say that I'm someone who is very uh, inquisitive by nature, and I like to to be informed and to to learn about many different things. Mm. So I have that uh, that that mind, that open mind. So. Um, uh, when I started my career, <laughs> it was going against the wave. Uh, when I did, did you get a lot of resistance from family and friends and even people when you were coming out of education, professors and stuff going, Farah, what are you doing? Uh, family, absolutely not. Okay. My family is extremely supportive and they, uh, they do trust my decisions, okay. which is fantastic. Yeah. But it was more the, the, the peers, the, yeah. the friends and uh, uh, really telling me, what are you doing? You're I breaking said, the mold. You're, so, you're, yeah, you're so getting really out of their comfort. Zone. Yeah, you're like this misfit or this, uh, uh, you, you just want to do things differently. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's just very, very interesting. And that experience was, uh, was my school of life. I actually ah. call it my school of life because I learned so much and it was just so amazing at a very young age. Uh, okay, now you can be 20 years old and be a CEO and founder, yeah. but back then it was not the case. Uh, at a very young age, I had incredible responsibilities. I was doing incredible things. And when I compared my age group or my friends and yeah. I, some of them were still in university studying medicine. Some others were working as, you know, like ju uh, junior managers in huge corporations. And I was there working in that startup um, that nobody knew about, and it was B2B anyway, uh, but doing incredible things and learning every day and being involved in really important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really like gut uh, aligned. So when you, you fast forward, because you've had lots of, when you, you look at the start and then you look at all the space in between, you, you've done so, when, when do you decide... If you, if you kind of think about it, when do you decide, all right, I'm working on this startup. The startup has started to get to the point where it's maintaining itself. When do you personally decide, okay, you know what? I'm, it's time for me to move on. How, how do you decide that? Uh, it does happen. Um, there's two, uh, two options. Uh, the first one is um, I'm not learning anymore. Mm. I'm not learning anymore. And for me, there's uh, nothing worse than that, than going to an office and uh, just sitting all day and being, what am I doing today? Yeah. Like, how am I spending my day except like executing some things that I've done and yeah. done and done? And, and right? nothing against that because there are, we need people of to course. do that. And there are people who are very happy with that that role yeah we're just it's different personalities yeah. right and you want that person because once you've started something i mean i've been in the startup organizations and now i'm in the mature part of the organization or the middle part heading towards that mature phase and and i find myself asking those questions all the time i'm kind of going i'm, I'm really a startup person in a mature business <laughs> and the fit's not good for me right now and it's like, okay, I got to think about things. So I, I, I mean, you obviously, at least you think about it and you act on it. <laughs> it's uh, it's the same. And I was always uh, lucky and I know uh, yeah. uh, that's, uh, th I mean, I'm grateful for that. I was always in a position where I could, I, I could mm. take the decision to, okay, okay I'm going to, I'm going to quit this company. It was always after a few years, of yeah. course, and, uh, and, and do something else. But then 
what am I going to do? And it always needs to align to what I want to learn and what I like doing. Mm. And um, um, so this is how um, I've done a few things indeed. Uh, there was the telecom <laughs> uh, telecom phase of my life, yeah. uh, which, um, I mean, where I really I learned a lot. And I don't have an engineer background or a tech background, right? So I what, have what, to... So what is your background? I, I studied business and right. Japanese. Okay. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was I mean, my life was supposed to go to Japan and start working for multinationals, uh, uh, right. making business yeah, between yeah. Japan and France, Okay. right? And Good. right at the time where I graduated and I already had my plan set and put in motion where I was supposed to go to Japan and, uh, and as a young, like fresh graduate uh, work in an art gallery and yeah. teach French to a, to a Japanese actress kabuki okay. actress and so on um, at that time I got this offer of joining this startup yeah. so it was a, a life uh, changing moment that's a moment. big one I mean that's, yes. a, that's like a huge that's a boulder drop I'm going in the opposite direction yes yes it's either you're it at the gate to the <laughs> aircraft and you're going you know what no I'm not doing it <laughs> exactly so um I had to think very seriously about it yeah. because it is two different uh, yeah. journeys. It's either I go to Japan and my life is set over there and God knows what <laughs> life I would have had now. Um, and uh, and either I stay in Paris and I join this company, but it just sounds so interesting. And then yeah. like, I, was, I was drawn to it. Okay. Um, so I decided to do that and with yeah. no regrets. Okay. You know, I when I take a decision, usually it's after... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of thoughts, <laughs> a lot of thoughts, <laughs> and I'm and I'm f and I'm fine with it. And it was uh, it was my school of life. It was really amazing. Yeah. So after this time in the telecom sector um, came a time, but it goes with age as well, right? right. So I'm like, okay, I want to do something, something else, something different. Um, what do I need in my life right now? What do I want to do? What can I do? Yeah. Uh, how much do I want to work as well? And yeah. in what what field? Um, and this uh, brought me to about four years ago. I joined this um, this incredible, incredible foundation. Uh, it's in the philanthropic sector. Um, so that's a nice change because you've got you know the lots of space in between. But you went from that you went from that very you know telco engineering kind of thing. But you're the business person, and 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 then finally in the last four years you find yourself in philanthropy well in between i had oh, uh, yeah. the new york times <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> the new york times in the region yeah. i also uh, I, I was also the ceo of a, of a, a digital marketing agency international yeah. so i was traveling a lot between yeah, beirut yeah. barcelona london and dubai uh, i also created my own venture uh, right. which was voila dubai i don't yeah. know if you yeah, remember well, i do i do remember that uh, that yeah. was a long time ago and it was supposed to be uh, the equivalent of yelp Right. for uh, businesses here in the region. And uh, then nicely, uh, Twitter and Facebook came in the picture and totally crushed my business. But <laughs> <laughs> you learned something. Of course. Of course, these are all, um, these are all uh, uh, life uh, learning experiences and professional experiences. And yeah. all of these, I mean, I took something positive, uh, good lessons, positive lessons yeah. about all of this. And, uh, and that makes who you are, right? right. You, you accumulate that and yeah. you get better uh, better, and also you're more enriched yeah. by, uh, by your knowledge. So uh, after, um, after all of this, yeah, four years ago, I wanted to, um, to uh, 
um, to incorporate or to include in my life positive impact. Uh, okay. Um, that's, I wanted that's, what, that's, that's a big, I mean, it's always there, the positive impact, but to v- consciously say positive impact is now something I'm very interested in. And as you said, maturity uh, in, in your business context, in your projects, in your thinking, in all that cumulative experience, that's big. Like, yes. It's really huge. Yes, but um, uh, indeed, uh, people would tell me as well, like, it's a big change. I mean, you've been in tech and you've yeah. had these C-level uh, positions and all of that. And now you want to, to go into philanthropy. <laughs> and philanthropy <laughs> was also a word that was carrying... Yeah. You know, when you think of philanthropy, you think of Bill Gates. Exactly. Something heavy. Yeah. You know, like white male, like, older. Exactly. Uh, the, 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 I get that. That's the picture I'm getting. <laughs> you know, look, the Gates Foundation, There, there's two Gateses, but I never think of his wife, you know, but she's... It, it's, yeah, like the, uh, the the philanthropy à la papa. That's how we call it in, uh, uh, there we go. Uh, in, in France. And uh, and I was like, yeah, but no, it's not that type of philanthropy. Uh. I met this guy who is... Um, like who is going into philanthropy 2.0, right? It's really uh, refreshing this word. It's doing it differently. It's not just for old, rich uh, uh, men. Uh, You can be a philanthropist. You, me, everybody can be a philanthropist. A company can be a a philanthropic. And the whole thing about, about, uh, about that company was to, um, to create new giving concepts, so uh-huh. a new style of philanthropy. It was creating a new generation of philanthropists okay. and how also the corporate sector uh, can become more actively involved in that act of giving. That mm. was not just about signing a check yeah. at the when end I think of the philanthropy, year. I just think, hey, I'm going to give millions of my earnings. And so it, 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 it's an eliminator. Yeah. Whereas but, you're, yeah. you've opened up the doors. Yeah, totally. Oh, interesting. Totally, totally. And I was the head of innovation at Epic, and um, my work was essentially uh, working with uh, with corporations, and um, and it was a project I'm the most proud of is uh, working with uh, Société Générale, for example. Okay. And Société Générale, what we did was was uh, revolutionary in, in a sense, and they got the award of the best innovative uh, initiative um, uh, in the UK two years ago, two or three years ago now. Uh, And basically it was in their Forex department, every transaction, so every transaction that uh, Société Générale, which is this huge bank, would have with their clients, corporate clients, will a part of that transaction will be redirected to some social organizations ah, and NGOs. What an interesting idea. So it's giving back, but giving back every day. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's sustainable because we're going to use that transaction service and wow. Exactly. And and so as uh, being the the head of innovation of that Epic Lab, we called it the Epic Lab, a lab in philanthropy, you know, already just that is like, what? A lab in (laughs) philanthropy? Yes. I just spend my time doing a lot of education, whatever I'm doing, actually, trying to explain what I'm doing. I mean, that's from from day one. Like, you go back, it's like, well, this is why I'm doing it. This is why it's important. This is why you need to think about it. This is, yeah, you're really an educator. At the end of the day, Farah, you're an educator. Probably I would have become like like a teacher. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, a lot of education and the same thing. I would get the same looks in the beginning, <laughs> like philanthropy, really? Or how boring? You know? <laughs> no, no, it's not. And poor you. <laughs> oh, poor you. Poor you've really <laughs> lost it now. Okay. <laughs> and the thing is that it just uh, paved the way. And now everybody is about social impact, positive yeah. impact. How yeah. can I contribute as an individual or as a company, right? Uh, social impact, positive impact become huge in Europe. Uh, and, uh, and it's just like so uh, nice and, uh, and, um, and beautiful to feel like you're part of the, of the beginning of that. You know, you actually yeah. planted the seeds in your own way, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so that was my, uh, my, last, uh, my last experience. But going to philanthropy, it was not like, I didn't wake up a morning thinking <laughs> I'm going to do philanthropy because I feel like philanthropy and giving back was always there for me. I've always, yeah. um, I was involved here when I was full-time here in Dubai with the Dubai Autism Center. Yeah. I was involved with a women's shelter. I uh, traveled a lot to Africa for my, dif my telco work. Yeah. <laughs> and over there, I was exposed to tons of things, you know, between Africa, India, uh, North Africa. And that was always there. So waking up in the morning and deciding I'm going to get into philanthropy was not just so like... You were already in philanthropy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, it, it was there, but I just wanted to mix this, combine this with my business skills. Mm. So my thing was then, okay, like, where can I go to, to be yeah. able to work and having this, these two things combined? And I found the Epic Foundation and it was just amazing. Like the past four years were, were incredible. Incredible, truly. <laughs> and you're like you're beaming. You've got this amazing smile. It's just kind of like I can just see, I can just see you kind of reliving moments. In, in, it's, it's on your face. You're, it's like a, a, it's a camera going and rewind, and then there's this, and then. We, I mean, same. You know, it's exactly for me the same as uh, when I uh, started in that uh, telco startup. It's just the projects were amazing, yeah. and we 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 finalized and we put out there um, um, like pro products and services. Of course, in combination with multinationals like huge corporations uh, that were revolutionary yeah. and that are now evolving in something bigger and even more beautiful and. And yeah, so yes, I do smile when I talk about it because it was a beautiful time of my life. Well, that was pretty cool. Farah, Demony, Josh and Mal talking about being Farah, talking about studies, talking about things, taking a 180, talking about inspiration. Really cool. Part two is coming up. Keep your eyes open for it. It'll be up in, a, in just a bit. You can find it where you find the rest of the podcast right in our podcast directory. Thank you very much for taking a look. Talk to you again real soon. <laughs>